tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey! Where is it? Where is it? Oh! <laughs> God, it's such a weird intro, guys, but thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here for the AfterBuzz TV Graceland After Show, talking about Graceland TV here with my pal, the one and only, and, you know, I'm not going to say Stephanie George, I'm going to say Megan Stecker. Hey, guys. I'm a little raspy and scratchy today, and my brain might be a little slow, but I'm here and pumped. She is here and she's pumped. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Of course, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 12, entitled Dog Catches Car. Dog catches car. Um, right off the bat, great episode. Great episode. What did you think of the what did you think of the whole overarching thing before we really dive into it? I loved it. I loved it that we were going uh chronological and not bouncing around as much in the beginning. Loved it. Uh my blood was pumping for Johnny. He's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was really nervous for him. They did a great job with the uh with how they filmed that mm-hmm. because you were already kind of like, Oh my god, is he gonna die? Like is mm-hmm. he gonna get shot? Like what's gonna happen to Johnny? But I then like going inside his head. Yes. You're like a hundred percent I thought he was getting shot this episode. Yeah. But he did not, but someone else did. <laughs> but um I loved it and I loved everyone's storyline and I thought Everything was amazing, and the only thing that caught me off guard was, like, the Toyota commercial thrown in where Mike almost drove off the side of the road. Oh, my God. We're going to we're gonna be talking about that. Okay. Um, if you guys want to tweet us throughout the show, you can tweet me at Stephen Lemieux, S-D-P-H-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X, as well as Megan Stecker, at Megan Stecker. Absolutely. M-E-G-A-N-S-T-E-C-H-E-R. And tell us what you think of the episode. I will, of course, give shout-outs to people who tweet us and talk about it in the chat. Shout-out to Orlando Williams, Robin Sanders, Mackenzie Traver, and Winnie Paul and Peggy Surgis in the chat. Thanks hey. for tuning in. You hey, guys team. I'm wondering, where is Nicholas Melendez? He's always oh. in the chat, and he always tweets at us. But Uh-oh, maybe he's having uh, connectivity issues. Maybe he caught what you have. I don't know. <laughs> he might be home sick in bed. <laughs> um, I want to open things up really quick before we get into our analysis with uh, our iTunes. Um, yeah. Guys, if you want to shout out on the show, go to iTunes, rate us five stars, give us a review, and we'll give you a shout out. I want to actually talk about this last review we got on iTunes from Tweety Lover. says, like the analysis and insights provided, four out of five stars. I enjoy the show for the insights, but hate that Steven feels he has to recap everything and that everything happened in the episode. I wish he would just assume we have seen the episode and just give his thoughts about the episode. I'm not angry at this. I actually understand where people are coming from with this kind of comment, and I just want to address Tweety Lover because this is actually the first person who said this. The reason I recap things is because as you relive and discuss what actually happened in the episode, more things come to your mind. Absolutely. And since starting this episode, show, um, I found that with a show like Graceland, this is the easiest way for me to start actually putting pieces together, and that's why I have these epiphany moments mm-hmm. in the after show, is because I'm really just thinking of the scenes as they erupted in the show, and it just really makes me think more. Yes. Um, 
I apologize if the, if it kind of seems annoying at times, but I really hope you'll just bear with us on this because I feel that it's the best way to recap a show like this. Absolutely, because it does bounce around so much. Um, it's great to relive it, and you kind of have so many revelations when you recap it. So I love reliving every little bit of this show. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you but know, thanks, Tweety Word. If you want to relive every bit of the show, you can go buy a Toyota Camry because apparently that's what they really want you to do. <laughs> I mean, they had a commercial, the whole thing. All right, so do you want to break down the timeline story is what I'm calling it, which is uh, everything with John, with uh, Briggs, Johnny, and Mike, or do you want to break down Jake's and Charlie first and then go into the main stuff? What do you think? Hmm. I said let's go in order. Go in order? Yeah. Like starting out with Briggs, Johnny. <sighs> <laughs> All right. I'm no, gonna, is this a bad idea? No, I'm going to listen to you. Okay. All right. So Uh-oh. the episode starts off really quick. Mike's in the car. He's reporting about the weapon being delivered to the funeral home, talking about we got a Class G widespread <laughs> emergency right here. We got sarin gas. Uh, and he's chasing down the van trying to figure out where Johnny is and trying to figure out everything that's going on. And then we get, of course, what we have to talk about is the most blatant of blatant car ads in all of television history. I think it's kind of like the biggest on-the-nose car ad I've ever seen in a show. Mm-hmm. When Mike, oh, I can just find my phone. Bing, 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 bing. Oh, good thing I have this guidance from the Toyota Camry to keep me on the road and to alert me if I'm spreading off the lines. Oh, Eva. I, oh, I hate it, but I love I just, it. Ju- I know. I hate it, but I love it because that is the way we are advertising today. It's different. It's You're not sitting there and watching the commercials. You're fast-forwarding right through them. And we're obviously talking about how it happened. Yeah, I and just, if it, it keeps Graceland on for a season four and they're paying for a season four, then, I'll take it. Then I'll buy a Toyota myself. <laughs> well, I won't go that far. But I'll but, watch their ad I in am, the show. I am in the market for a new car since that's the reason I missed last week. Uh but it just, it stuck out to me so much. It's so not Graceland that I was like, uh, but I guess that's the point. Yeah, the, so, cam- the camera angles become commercial camera yeah. angles. Like, look at the steering wheel logo. Look at this logo. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I think it's just, if we do this for 20 seconds, we'll get our budget for at least four more episodes. So let's just do it and be done with it and add story into it, kind of. Yeah. So they're in the car and... Mike's convincing Paige that something bad's really happening because Paige sometimes is still in disbelief of what she just saw with Briggs putting the sarin gas in the crate. And uh, we cut back and forth between this and a funeral and the funeral of Martoon giving to his uh, his best friend. Paige is calling Briggs constantly. You want to answer the phone. And we keep seeing these security guards around the premises. I'm like, all right, these security guys are dying. Dead. They're showing them to not be alert. They're showing them just sitting in their car. They're going to get shot. Uh, Johnny's masking up, which is just terrifying to think mm-hmm. that Briggs would just put Johnny in this position so haphazardly. Uh, he opens the chest, and lo and behold, there's no canister in the chest. Correct. Which, to for Mike to assume that there was a canister in the chest kind of didn't make too much sense. Right. Um, I think he was just running on all cylinders and wasn't thinking too clearly, mm-hmm. because Goosty just told him he would call him when he's selling the package. Yes. And uh, why would Briggs, how would Briggs have even had the chance to s- get it to the Mexican? That's what I was like, this, these dots aren't all connecting for me, because why would he just assume they had it? Because what he did was he jumped to the worst yeah. for Briggs. And I think this is what we've been talking about for the past three weeks, is mm-hmm. how the show really showcases from Mike's point of view, and makes mm-hmm. Briggs to be this the really bad guy. bad guy. And I've said it from the beginning, I'm mm-hmm. like, 
just trust Briggs because mm-hmm. the writers really want you to not trust Briggs. Right. So just gear up, trust him, and you'll turn out to be right. Right. And it's like when we played like dick or not a dick, and I was like, Briggs is a dick, and you're like. But you always think that, and he's never steering anyone wrong. It's always for the good of solving the case, getting the bad guy. Not solving a case, but getting the bad guy, I guess. Closing a case. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been stuck in with him, Briggs. <laughs> he got shot in the ass, but... Or leg, you know. All right. Poor Briggs, man. So, uh... The big fan pulls up the univer- to the funeral, and everyone just starts firing. The people in the pews are freaked out. All the guards are murdered. Briggs is telling everyone to leave. They yell they want Martin and Ar- Ariadamian dead. Johnny is definitely in the firefight. He is suited up, looks just like a cartel. There's no real way to tell that he's an FBI agent, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're invading, which is scary stuff when we have all the Sarkissians with machine guns as well shooting back. And we keep seeing members of the Soto street gang getting taken down left and right. Mm -hmm. At every turn, there's two guards of Sarkissians, but at least one Soto goes down for every two guards they take down. So it quite easily could have been Johnny in any of those situations. Mm -hmm. So side note here with everyone at the funeral, everyone has their phones out. And this is like one of those, this is one of those things that is a very subtle touch, I feel, but really brings it to present day and time is when there's a shootout or a funeral, things like that, and immediately everyone has their phone out to record video. Mm-hmm. Because people are more interested in like getting that viral video than they are of actually being safe. It's really kind of interesting how everyone just pulled out their phones. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Martoon's trying to come over down. Briggs is trying to talk to Ari, but then Yeznik, somebody that we don't really know about, is like, No, I am not going to stand <laughs> behind you. I'm going to fight them like the lion I am. <laughs> runs out there just as Johnny's coming in. Yezdik takes down one of them, nearly takes down all of them. They're about to kill Yeznik, and Briggs saves Yeznik. So obviously Briggs doesn't want the Sarkissians to all die in this firefight. What he was doing, I'm assuming, was setting up this entire thing mm-hmm. to bring himself closer in with Martoon and with Ari. I think, like, I don't know if you can get any deeper than when he was already at... Because he was already in, like, very private meetings, I said, like, last week with mm-hmm. um, just Ari and Martoon in the open casket. That's very private. I don't mm-hmm. know how much more in you can be with someone. So why do you think Briggs set this whole thing up? This I don't know. Because I remember we were hypothesizing, like, oh, we're, they're tra- get, trying to get them to take each other out completely. Um, was one of the things we kind of just put on the table two weeks ago. Um, but... After it started going down, he stops everything, and I just don't know why that all went down, because there was going to be a firefight. Like, of course, there's going to be all kinds of retribution and doomsday, all the things they were shouting out about how they're going to get back at them. I'm not sure. I'm wondering if next week there'll be more as to why... I mean, I can tell you why right now. I was just wondering. Okay, I don't like. I'm not there. My brain is so slow, being sick right now. No, no, I don't. I don't blame you. I actually was curious because when I asked Steffi G a question like that, and of course, I mean, she's. I have my own opinions and way as I take it. Yeah. But if you had thought of something else, I would have wanted to know. I had Because I take it one way, other people take it another way. Yeah. No, I hadn't. Okay. That for me, that's something that I don't get. So Briggs knows how to read people very well. So okay. in this, in what he's doing here is Martun Sarkissian is a man of honor. He at the same time he'll torture a man to death with battery acid. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, he 
is against killing people at a funeral. He's again, He has the code. And one of the parts of the code, usually, is that you don't use chemical warfares to kill, to kill family members, to kill everyone part of people. Like, you know what? You take your revenge very personally. That's why he's not mad at Ari for taking the head of her son, because he didn't actively attack the Sotos. He took one person mm-hmm. because of that person's disrespect and because that person was going to kill somebody he was sleeping with. Like, it was a... It was a different situation. So to get Martoon to do something as unhonorable as releasing a chemical weapon and killing families and children and everyone in their families and things like that, he has to push him past a certain point. And having him attack the funeral and put everyone in Sarkissian's family in danger, Mm -hmm. it pushes Martoon to the point that he would have to get to that to use the sarin gas. So Briggs needed him to push push Martoon to the point of using the sarin gas, because even if he sold it to Martoon, if he doesn't use it, it doesn't really help. Mm -hmm. So God, that was so dangerous. Yeah. I just feel like Johnny could have been dead at any second. No one else from the house knew what was going on. Well, because you look at it, and you look at how Briggs has set this entire situation up. Right. If he wanted the entire Sarkissian family dead, all he would need to do is call the hit and not tell him about guards, not try to convince Martoon that the Mexicans are going to attack, not say any of that. All he has to do is send the head of the box... And then just know that they're going to come and they're going to fire and kill everyone at that place. What Briggs did was put guards on patrol so that they couldn't easily get in and kill everyone. And he basically made the Sarkissians armed enough that he knew, especially with the steel-plated doors, that Martoon and Ari would not get killed and the inside family would not actually get killed from this. Mm-hmm. Just mad enough that they could take it to the next level. And that's why when Martoon asks Briggs, uh... Are we ready for the big time? Are we ready for the big cataclysmic event? Mm-hmm. And Martoon's like, yes. And that's when they go to pursue uh, finding the sar- sarin gas, right. which is why Paige had to plant the, the, phone. the phone because Briggs was the point of contact with that. Right. Which is crazy. I mean, it's very... Literally, there are some shows that can get by writing an episode, like having a kind of layout and then writing episodes and changing things around. This show changes some things around, but I really feel like from episode one of this season, they've really had a direction and they've really known how all these stories are going to intersect and they've known exactly how the Sarkissian family story is going to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so complex. So I feel like they had to keep it going so that every little piece falls into place. From the mind is- of Jeff Easton. Jeff, you're killing me. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, my God. My head is pounding. Sorry. <laughs> Let me uh, read this. Slacker Elite says, Briggs did it all so somebody else would get busted and he can get fade in the background and not get hung out to dry. Um, We'll talk about that. Okay. But that doesn't... That doesn't necessarily make sense to me. And I'll tell you I'll tell you at the end of Jake's storyline why Briggs... What Briggs is up to. Okay. Which, well, what I think Briggs is up to. I'm sorry I can't say it. Like, it's fact. But... <laughs> From right. a writing standpoint, what I believe him up to. Do you know what I thought was shady, though? How he just ran out of the funeral home without saying anything to Ari or Martoon. And he hadn't been made because Johnny was like, FBI, put your hands up. But then Mike was yelling, Briggs, Briggs, while he was still inside the funeral home. And I'm like, well, wait, Ari and Martoon are still around. Like, yeah, no, but they're all they're all locked in the thing. They were already locked up. No, they were all in a different room where the FBI was processing everyone to get them on buses and things okay. like that. Okay. So they wouldn't have heard Mike screaming Briggs. And even okay. if they did, they wouldn't know who Mike's talking to. Okay. Because even if Mike is yelling Briggs, I mean... 
Okay. It could just be Mike yelling for somebody else. They're not going to associate the name Briggs with him. Okay. Um, is he? He's not Briggs to them. Is is he? Do they only call him Paul? Yeah, I haven't heard them call him Briggs, but okay. maybe maybe he is Paul Briggs to them. It doesn't matter though, because yeah. either way, because they FBI. were somewhere being processed. Okay. And either way, if they heard it, it's Mike yelling after somebody who's trying to escape. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, and they did. He did actually say something because the last conversation they had was. Um, what about this cataclysmic event? Are we ready for this? So that was when Briggs had told them, all right, let me get the cell phone and get you the cell phone to make the call. Okay. 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 So I'm going to give a few shout outs to chat real quick. Uh, the Slacker Elite says, maybe not, but even he said, dicking everyone around in the other seasons. Slacker, well, I'll cover it at the end. Lovely Mystic K says, think about this. What if Briggs was upfront with everything? Do you think Mike, in his state of being a druggie for six to seven episodes, would have believed him? Would any of them believed him? And we will cover that question yeah. at the end of the storyline. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to take your your things in the chat because everything's so great. Yeah, all your comments are great, but it's just like to talk about them would take us completely off where we are. Yeah. But uh, shout out to uh, Justin Walter saying, uh, how, "Shout out to Megan Stetcher, love seeing you two in action together." Aw, Justin F. Walter. <laughs> Where you been, man? Hey, we miss Justin. you. He uh, just texted me. <laughs> uh, ILHS Dance 2017 says, I am doing math while listening to this, and it's great. And David B., who's been tweeting me all day, if I if you don't do it your way, I find that I miss things that are kind of important. I feel that way, too. Like, going through kind of mm-hmm. informs everyone, because everyone watches, mm-hmm. but sometimes people miss things, you right. know? Sometimes. Like, I'm saying, oh, Paul ran out, and you're like, no, really, what happened was... Orlando Williams says you would have to be high to believe anything that Briggs says. <laughs> there well, there you go. go. He should have told Mike, right? <laughs> yeah, right? All right. So back into the con- carnage. Johnny is, we're all inside his head. Briggs is on the ground. The cartel, they're walking up to where Yesnick and Briggs are. And Johnny just has to make the split-second decision. Pop him in the kneecap, pops everyone. He outs himself as FBI with three cartel members in front of him and four coming in the rear. So basically, Johnny is potentially committing suicide right now. <laughs> potentially a dead man. Yes. So Johnny calls out he's FBI. Um, the cartel are going to kill him, and then Mike and Paige get behind him, say they're FBI. So the problem I have with Briggs's plan at this point right. is even if Briggs says that Johnny did what Johnny was supposed to do, if Mike and Paige hadn't figured everything out and gone there... Which, I guess he was counting on Mike and Paige right. wanting to back up Johnny. Mm-hmm. But if they hadn't counted on that, the cartel would have just shot right. Johnny. Johnny would have been dead. Johnny would have died. So, understandably, Johnny is a little pieced. <laughs> yeah. Not not a good position that uh, Briggs put Johnny in at all. No. Nope. So, Johnny's yelling at Mike that there's... No gas. Johnny goes off on Mike in this mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. And I would, too. I mean, it's kind of just... Your supervisor's trying to talk to you. You're not really your supervisor, but, like, you've just been through something like this. He's seen people that he's just hanging out with get shot and killed. He's had to shoot people, and, like, he's he's not having a good thing. And then Briggs bolts. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to follow Briggs, and they finally jet out. Briggs runs back to Graceland. And before that, Ari is talking to Martoon on the bus, and Martoon's like, I'm going to solve this myself. <laughs> that bitch broke the code. <laughs> I loved that part. She broke the code. It's it's not like um yeah, I know. Um it's not like uh I was going to say the Enigma the Enigma game where it's like 
Oh, I broke the code. No, it's like she broke the code. <laughs> the, she broke the bro code. <laughs> yeah, you don't break the bro code, yeah. guys. So Bray's at, at, at Graceland. He's getting the cell phone out of his hiding place, which is like inside a lamp or something. Mm-hmm. Really weird. I, I was like, what is happening? Yeah, so Briggs won't tell them what's going on. And Johnny says, don't even try it, man. Like, don't walk. Just tell me what the hell is going on. Briggs tries to talk himself out of it. And cap, cap. I was shocked, shocked that Johnny had the cojones to do that. Man, I, like literally, this is the first time we've seen Briggs injured, right? Like, I mean, t- like shot injured, not getting beat up. I think he's gotten shot once before. I don't remember, but I think he's gotten shot, but it was like a flesh wound. Okay. But like, no, like this is the first time somebody in Graceland has Took shot him out. Gr- yeah. Briggs. Yeah. So we've never seen him like taken out of action. And we've never seen so much actual out in the open disdain for Briggs from the other members of Graceland. Yes. Because we've always had Charlie and Mike who knew he was Odin and all that, so they had their disdain but everyone else was out of the know. Briggs has always remained like undercover because Mike's and Mike and Jake's and Charlie have kind of kept their rapport and kept everything that he's done on the DL. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time Johnny and Paige are also involved in the double dealings of Briggs. Mm-hmm. So at this point... Everyone in Graceland knows how crazy Briggs can get and how all over the place his plans can get. It's really interesting Mm -hmm. that he's completely out there now. Yeah. Which, if you really think about it, is surprising because Mike came into a house where Briggs was already living with these people. So for all all this time, they didn't have any idea what Briggs was capable of until now. Right. Which is a really interesting dynamic. It's like Mike has flipped everyone's view. He's managed to not just look like the crazy tattletale. He's finally gotten everyone to buy into him being like, Briggs is up to something. We can't let him go and run this on his own. He's up to something. He's up to something. This is no good. And I, it's, I don't know. It's finally, he's finally gotten to everybody. Yeah. So they, they shoot him. It's the same phone as Goosty has. Yep. The little red one. Uh, and Briggs tries to tell them that it's not about me. It's about Colby. They killed him. <laughs> it's not over because it's about Colby who I care about and mentioned just for the hell of it just now. That was awful. I was not buying it, Briggs. It's not, not about it. Colby. No, of course not. I'm not saying you're completely in the wrong, Briggs, but it's not about Colby. Obviously. Um, so we go back to Ari at the bus and Mike's letting them out and he says they're, and Martoon says, We're not safe till all the Mexicans are dead and buried. Or, or just n- dead. Yeah, not buried. Uh, Mike orders the Sarkissians under surveillance to kind of try to keep him safe because he knows what's going on. And then we go to Page of the Hookah Lounge, which is kind of a very intense scene. This very this episode was just like da, 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 da. It was great. The only reprieve we got was Jake's storyline. That's so true. That was the only like like, if we didn't have that, down. it'd be so, like, yeah. just a million miles an hour. Intense, intense, intense. So she's looking at the paper. She puts the phone on the desk. She notices the razor is on Ari's desk that killed Tauros and starts having kind of a PTSD moment. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say flashback, but PTSD is exactly what it was. Uh, Martun and Ari, or Martun and his friend arrive. She hides in the bathroom, and he's about to enter the bathroom to pee. She's got her gun drawn, and they see the phone. They're like, tell Holwick it's time to go. So the plan could have... If he walked into the bathroom, she probably would have had to shoot him. Probably, because they would have killed her, so she would have had to. Yeah. And so... Everything Graceland's doing right now is so far outside the bounds of law. 
Oh, yeah. Like, they're undercover, but no, they don't really have a superior that they're reporting to right now. Right. Everything Briggs is doing, like, Johnny wasn't even officially undercover for them. Like, it's very interesting how far they're going outside of what they should probably be doing right now. I know. And the body count is out of control. Yeah. People people be dying. <laughs> People will be dying on Graceland. People will be dying on Graceland. Uh, back to Vin. He mentions the mouse is always running. Again, it's just kind of a metaphor okay. for Mike's always just running around trying to catch Briggs. And he's <laughs> mixing like a solution. And he says, oh, let's give you a rest. So people who believe that it's sarin gas think that Vin is going to kill the mouse. People that don't believe it's sarin gas, like me, think that he's just putting the mouse to sleep. Um, which... He was just putting the mouse to sleep. I mean, it's fairly obvious at this point that it's not actually sarin gas in the canister. Right. When he says, let's give you a rest, and then the next scene we actually have the mouse alive still. Mm-hmm. So it kind of is a clue in it, and the fact that he's making a solution to put the mouse to sleep instead of just releasing sarin gas in the thing to test it. Mm-hmm. So um, back to Briggs and Johnny. Briggs wants to go to the hospital, and Johnny is not having it. I mean, I can't really blame him. I don't, yeah, because they never take anyone to the hospital. They have, like, their shady backdoor doctor come over, so it's just him wanting to leave again is how I felt about that moment. Him wanting to go get involved in all of his plans that are going awry. (laughs) I know, right? Um, Yeah, I literally cannot believe Johnny shot him still. Really? You're still in all that? Still. I think you put... Johnny's been through a lot of crap yeah. this season. He grew up. I'm telling you, he's a man now. Once you lose the love she, of your life, who happens to be the daughter of a cartel crime boss, and you kill somebody, right. you grow up. That's right. That's how you mature in this world. You shoot the top dog of the house is what you do. You shoot Sid Markham, bang a cartel's daughter, <laughs> and then have her break up with you. I think he's still upset over seeing uh, Sid's head explode like a grape. Is that what he said? He said, I just saw his head explode like a grape. Hashtag puberty. <laughs> I know mine was just like that. Poor Johnny. <laughs> poor, poor Johnny. His, oh, poor Johnny. His voice is now deep. Um, I like that he says, the only thing I want to hear from you is an expla- explanation. Mike enters and Mike tells Briggs how he knows about the Saren house, the San Diego or Santa Barbara thing. Mm-hmm. He asks Briggs why and Briggs says, because you're the linchpin. They set me up as a sin eater. You're the only one who can take him down because you're the only one who can actually do that. So Briggs was preventing Mike from knowing about things, so Mike could not have previous knowledge. It's driving me crazy that I don't know the saying for this. Yes. Um, we were asking Plausible everyone. deniability. Is that it? Plausible deniability. There we go. I got it. There oh my we God. go. Briggs Boom. was giving Mike plausible deniability, so he wouldn't have to be able. He wouldn't be able to testify in court that he knew about what Briggs was doing. Exactly. <sighs> Got it. I couldn't think that of it. That was, it was killing you earlier. Willful ignorance. I asked like five people and nobody knew what it was talking about. Everyone was like gross negligence. Like all kinds of stuff <sighs> coming out. So it tells Mike that he was supposed to be with Goosty waiting for the buyer to call. Mike gets a phone call from Goosty and Briggs is like, well, you know, you should go. And Mike says, all right, I'm going to go. Uh, we go to the gun sale. Goosty is pumping it into the rat's cage to show Martoon that it works. The rat is dead, quote unquote. Um, Goosty only wants big bills, not tens and twenties, and Martoon says, Yes, well, I think I can take your car. Kips. Poor guy. Poor I'm surprised Goosty. he didn't kill him. Me too. <laughs> Mike didn't even care. <laughs> well, I mean, he was alive. So why was Mike late? That wasn't really covered, huh? Because he said, You want to come with me? And Mike said, Yeah. 
And Mike was never there until it was all over. I think Goosty was just acting on it and okay. not waiting for Mike. Um, but yeah, so Mike pulls up to Vin hot wiring Martoon's car, trying to. And he's handcuffed. He's like, no, he took it. Where'd he take it? He's going into wherever, blah, blah, blah. And Mike handcuffs Vin to the car now. <laughs> Poor guy. Vin, Goosty, whatever. Mike finally catches up to Martoon. Martoon's holding the canister hostage while wearing a gas mask. So obviously, Martoon didn't also want to die if he could avoid it. Correct. Because if he was trying to just suicide, he could have let the gas go and let everyone shoot him, and then everyone would die too. Correct. So he's wearing gas mag. Mike's trying to calm Martoon down, but as we say this, all the street, so, the Soto Street gang is coming out of their houses, mothers, daughters, everyone, people with guns, and then Aborta comes out, and she's going to shoot him. Mike sees that the mouse is alive, so Mike is like, oh... Okay. Shoots through the canister, through Martoon, knocks him out. Aborth is not that happy, but at least we know that it wasn't Saren. Yes. So they take down Martoon, and everyone kind of puts their guns down. The police arrive, and right. they've taken down Martoon. Next scene, we got Mike is sitting with the mouse. Paige walks up. Mike says the mouse gave it away. It doesn't matter if it's real or just intent. Homeland Security will arrest your ass for terrorism and the intent to set off a Saren gas bomb and kill thousands of people. So, even if you don't do it, you're still going down for it. So, Martoon is now officially a terrorist and... Away for life. Away for life. And Um, I thought... (laughs) Wait, so Goosey gave the mouse when he was like, let's have you rest. Is that what knocked the mouse out? Because I was convinced that there was laughing gas in the tank instead of sarin gas to just, you know how like at the dentist it's like temporary sleep, you wake up, blah, blah, blah. Um, I thought that's what was in there that made the mouse go to sleep and then wake back up. So when we see Goosty in his apron, he's cooking so up that's something, he, that's what he was making So to, conveniently the mouse fell asleep or he already got the call. No, Briggs had given him the mouse at the end of two episodes ago. Right, but so did he make this serum after he got the call to come sell the weapon? Or no, no, he, he made, made it beforehand. Because so it, it was just... always the plan to rip them off. Right. It was always the plan. So he was boiling up that stuff to put the mouse to sleep. He already tested it on the mouse before he went to Martoon. Right. So he had already put the mouse to sleep and the mouse was still alive. And that's how I knew that it wasn't going to be Saren in the canister, especially okay. when he's doing it in front of Martoon. Because, obviously, the mouse is, mouse is still alive. He only has one mouse, and he's got to test the stuff that he cooks. Got it. So, um, but yeah, wasn't Saren. Called it. Called it. Well, I mean, I feel like it was so obvious from when they were caught with the meth heads, and they were, like, banging on it, and Briggs just, like, was throwing the canister around when he grabbed it. And I was like, there's nothing really in there. Yeah. Uh, it's it, like- it just, well, gas is not heavy, but it's not light. I mean, if you pack meaning, pressure meaning full that, of a tank... Um, I felt like they would have been more careful with it. Like, Briggs would have been more careful with it if it actually was a WMD. Exactly. Plus, he, Briggs would not have let people just steal it and hit it with hammers. Exactly. Over and over exactly. Again. God. <laughs> so, this is kind of the end of this storyline. Uh, Paige asks Briggs... I mean, Paige asks Mike, like, why wouldn't they tell him? Why wouldn't mm-hmm. Briggs tell us? And Paige is like, well, I know I wouldn't have done this if I knew. Mm-hmm. And thinking about it, I guess Mike probably wouldn't have either. Mm-hmm. Like, because Mike was already distrusting of Briggs because of the whole Sid Markham thing and everything that went down with last season. So he's already kind of on the fence about it. Mm-hmm. Which, and he was still on drugs when all this went into play. Yeah, kind so. of. Well, he was 
coming off the drugs and having his little religious experience. Mm-hmm. And that's when it started going into play. That's when Briggs came up with the idea using the chat people named after Mike's visions. Yes. Um, yeah, so from the start, Briggs was only play- was playing into Mike's visions, mm-hmm. which was my epiphany bef- three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. No, my epiphany two episodes ago during the after show. And then I thought they were going to draw that out. But no, last episode, right within the first ten minutes, Mike's like, he's been playing on my vision since the start. The sarin gas was a setup by Briggs. And I was like, oh, wow, I actually figured it out. But I thought they would draw it out much longer mm-hmm. for that. But they didn't. And they're actually, the pacing on the season is really well done. Yeah. Because right now we have Ari out there. We have the thing with Jake's. We have the money that's going to go to Briggs and all that kind of going on. And you know what? What would you do with all that money that Jake's took for Briggs? So Briggs wanted this money to get away in case all this went wrong? I'm not even asking about that. Like, what would you do with that money? What would I do? Yeah. Megan Stecker, what would you do with that money? Uh, buy a car. (laughs) Other than that, I don't know. Well, it looked like Jake's took about maybe like $2 million, $1 million. So let me ask you guys. Do you guys want to make $2 million? Well, there's a great way to do it with DraftKings. Go ahead and go to DraftKings.com and use the promo code BUZZ to play free for once for fantasy football for the chance at a first place prize of $2 million and a second place prize of $1 million. Last football season, DraftKings.com crowned more millionaires than any other one-week fantasy sports site anywhere in the world. And this season, the prizes are even bigger. It's the biggest fantasy football contest ever. Ever. One week fantasy means no long term commitments. It's football on demand wherever you want, when you want, with the players you want. You've never experienced fantasy football like this. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time, guys. So if you want to play once for free, you go to DraftKings.com and use the promo code BUZZ, B U Z Z, to play free for a shot at the $2 million top prize and the week one millionaire maker. Enter BUZZ for free entry now at DraftKings.com. And again, that's DraftKings.com. The code is B-U-Z-Z. That is a little bit... That's about on par with on-the-nose advertising that they did in this episode. Yep, absolutely. Buy a Toyota Camry at Keyzone Van Ice! Okay. Sorry. I thought it was a nice segue. Yeah, you know. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give some chat shout-outs to just cover some stuff real quick. Uh, Mary W. says, Johnny's come such a long way from season one when he let Briggs talk his way out of the house. Exactly. That was, it's a good point. Um, Robin Sanders says, in the baby bump in the costume room. Um, question, if you were in the Graceline house, where would you hide your secret stuff like Briggs? And that's where somebody would hide it. In the baby bump. In the bump. baby bump. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, Marcel Sansalone says, I would say it was Briggs that opened everyone's eyes to what he can do because of the stunts he had been pulling. He knows that they would find out because of Mike. Uh, Imran Khan says, you think there will be a season five? I think let's focus on season four. But I think it's a strict possibility. This show has five stars on Netflix. Boom! That's how I found it. I've been saying this since season one when we didn't know if we were getting a season two. That this show is going to get a really great crowd from Netflix for people who can binge watch it back to back to back because yes. you can't stop. Yes. It really is written like a show for Netflix. Yeah, and it's you're so hooked. 
It's just like, I'm just like Mike with the drugs. I was hooked. I couldn't stop. <laughs> then I caught up to real time. And I'm devastated. I have to wait a week in between each show. I think if USA potentially drops Graceland, I think there's good promise it that Netflix go. would pick it up. Uh, it shouldn't. Absolutely. If that ever would happen, please God, no. Yeah, it's it's been on the popular list, like at the top of the menu for Netflix for several weeks. since mm-hmm. it, Basically, since it came out and it's got five stars. And TV series don't often get five stars on Netflix. Um, Robin Sanders says, hey, did anyone notice Mike and Paige physically touching each other without need? Hashtag Pike. Uh, shipping Mike and Paige again. That's interesting. Ooh, I noticed that they did seem a little cozy talking to each other after the whole staring gas arrest. They did get over it a little bit. I mean, now that, like, I think when she started helping him and believing what he was saying, mm-hmm. I think she might have come to the realization that it wasn't against her about the girls and things like that. Maybe she's finally moving on, and maybe mm-hmm. that's the smartest things the writers can do with that story. Mm-hmm. It's just move forward from it and continue these characters as if it happened, but as if it's normal people who have kind of moved on and in an agent way understanding that things happen and they can move on. Yeah. So it'd be interesting if they revived the romance of Pike. Yes. Or Mage. <laughs> Mage. I like Mage. Mage? She's a level 50 mage. Uh, Peggy Sturgis says, I miss Carlito. Who doesn't miss Carlito? Shout out to Eric Valdez. Of course, we miss Carlito and Jamie Gray Hyder. And the Slacker Elite. I also think that when Briggs showed his hand to Mike, taking the canister out like that, if Briggs thought it was the gas, he would have been more careful. Yeah, of Mm -hmm. course. I totally agree. And let's just look here. Winnie Paul, I'm predicting that Carlito and Bello getting together in prison to plot the takedown of Graceland House. (gasps) Ooh. Season three, season four, I mean, season four, maybe. Season four ideas, I like it. I know. And, oh, and when we're talking about whether they call him Briggs or Paul or whatever, oh, okay. Mary W. says, Ari just calls him Guy. Yeah, I know, I was thinking, like, I was racking my brain, like, other than Guy, what dude name are they using? Because Ari strictly uses Guy. Slugger Lead says, I don't know, when a girl almost gets me killed, it's a wrap on their relationship. Aw, <laughs> oh, touche. Yeah. Hashtag mage. I don't know. Sometimes, it's, sometimes it's just that good. You never know. If Paige goes full page, I don't know if Mike will be into her anymore. There you go. I don't know. Don't go full page. By the way, guys, again, I love it when you tweeted us. So tweeted me at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-U-X, as well as Megan Stecker at M-E-G-A-N-S-T-E-C-H-E-R. Yes, Stephen. All right. So we're going to go ahead and move into the Charlie and Jake storyline. This is kind of, it's interesting because one story is wrapping up while another is beginning. So the Charlie storyline is wrapping up and Jake's story is beginning. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, Charlie's kind of with the ATF woman. They're in the they're in the screening room. <laughs> screening room. <laughs> That's what it is, right? And no? Charlie's just like, boom! It's that easy. You just walk right in and arrest him. What? You, you mean you've never had a complicated plan like this? Let me just rub it in your face right quick before I can knock on wood before this can go wrong. Uh, Courtney's mad. Uh, Courtney is the girl. That, oh wait, this is sorry. I skipped ahead in my notes. Um, Jake says it's best to be cautious because they could scope the place out. So let's kind of wait a little bit before we get our counters in. Uh, basically, I'm thinking he's going to take the money off for Briggs at this point. Mm-hmm. Back at the hotel, he hides the money in the bed frame. Um, I skipped something really quick. Okay, so at the bank, Jake's is watching the counters come in. He tries to like rattle them up. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's Red Bulls. You know anything you need? And they don't say anything. Accountants mm-hmm. are weird folks. Apparently, they don't speak. They are mute. <laughs> they, it's like uh, Daredevil. The drug counters are blind, so now the uh, now the people are mute. Accountants are mute. 
Um, Jake sends Charlie away, Charlie away saying, like, look, I'm just going to wrap up here. I need to be in this cover for a month, so I might as well make this place not smell like takeout. Uh, Jake's walks in and sees the ATF lady there and in the most blatant disregard for subtlety is just like, yeah, I gotta reboot the system. Uh, it's gonna take about two minutes. Unplug, plug back <laughs> in and then just walks away. And she's not. Uh, she's like, not even really that suspicious. It's so funny. It's like, walks back, grabs a garbage can, just starts loading money in. They try to give us some suspense, but I really know that he's not gonna get caught here. I had a little suspense when Charlie... Charlie caught up to him out back. Other yeah. than that, right. that was that was one of the things. So Phil's yeah. filling the cans up with money. The cameras are coming back yeah. on leg. Jake's was not called. He takes the garbage out, calls Courtney, uh, and uh, for a date. For she a date. calls him for a date. She actually. calls him, and then uh, Charlie comes up, and Jake's hangs up fairly abruptly on Courtney. <laughs> He's like, I mean, uh, hold on, uh, bye. <laughs> Which great world building here, and that that's something that we don't really think about because we're just thinking like, oh, I guess Jake's just hung up he's got to talk to charlie great um but when they bring it back and she's mad at that it's like Mm -hmm. okay cool so this is his actions like this that are very simple things are actually affecting the other characters in the show yes that's cool uh jake's um charlie uh comes back jake says he's not gonna have the drink charlie's asking about her kind of teasing a little bit and she's really having it and she says that you're the best of us no joke and that's kind of the irony as he's stealing money for Briggs at this point right mm-hmm. now. So kind of interesting. Um, back at the hotel, he's hiding the money in the bed frame. And she knocks on the door, so he's got to hide it faster. So he just dumps it and makes a big pile as ma- instead of making it be very spread flat out and, and nice. flat. Which <laughs> we know that this is like the most on-your-nose foreshadowing of all time. <laughs> that she's going to find the money. Courtney's mad, but we get this really sweet scene between the two of them. She's mad she broke off the phone call up, and she's just like, look, my job's hard, I work nights, I work weekends, I just need something to be easy, and when I talked to you, it was easy, and that's what I need right now. And she doesn't want things to be hard, and Jake gives the speech, I'm grumpy, everyone calls me grumpy, they always think I'm the grumpy guy, because he is grumpy, he likes to have work and, work and life separate, which at Graceland you can't really do. Um, which at After Buzz, it's kind of hard to do. I mean, I'm, I'm here all the time. So yeah. I understand where Jake's is coming from. Um, and she says, he says, I'm not grumpy when I'm with you. And she says, I want this to be the best part of our lives. Aww. That's real sweet. Well, if all of your life is stressful, you need to have the thing that's outside of that and not be stressful. Exactly. That needs to be the one thing, at least, that's the constant for you that is mm-hmm. not a bad thing. And she says, you hungry? And he says, starving. And then they make out a lot. And then they, I'm assuming, have lots and lots of sex in the kinky positions that Jake's has been thinking about and talking on the phone about. But she is very uncomfortable in the bed because she feels the money pile underneath of her. And she's like, what's wrong with the bed? What's wrong with the bed? He's like, Courtney, who cares? Who cares? Shut your mouth. I got got just the tip. And you're talking about (laughs) how uncomfortable the bed is. Oh, man. He's like, I'm doing work over here. Be quiet. So back at the hotel, it's nighttime. Charlie knocks on the door and... She's like, how'd the date do? She's wasted. Her arms in a cast, we're assuming, from when he, she punched the wall after taking Jermaine. I'm assuming that's why she may have broken her knuckle or something like that. Or right. sprained it or something like that. Um, he asks what's going on, and Charlie doesn't know what to do with herself now that she's got Jermaine. It's the the dog, dog catches the car. Dog catches car, yep. We get the Tyler episode, which is interesting because at the same time you could have named this episode Cat Catches Mouse, which would have been a play on words with Goosty's mouse and how they kind of take down Martoon in the end. Mm-hmm. But 
it's more interesting that they do the one that's depressing, which is the dog catching the car and not knowing what to do with it. Because Charlie really, she didn't need to take down Jermaine. Mm-hmm. He beat her, but she didn't need to take him down. Right. And through going after him, she lost her baby. So mm-hmm. throughout this entire fight to take him down, really, he's in jail for the rest of his life, but she lost her child. She lost her most important thing. So it's really just, yeah, you took him down. Like, now what? Mm-hmm. Like, the battle's over. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, she has her own kind of PTSD of everything she went through, and she doesn't know how to deal with herself now because she had all her energies focused on that even while mourning her way of mourning was focusing all her energies towards catching Jermaine so now I feel that Charlie's character is going to get a little bit darker for a little bit I think so too and it's also like she she's at the end of this journey and she I remember her saying for what it's for what What's a dog going to do with the car it doesn't matter that he's going to jail because she doesn't have her kid back she's not still pregnant she lost everything. So I love that scene. She's so good. She's a great drunk crier. <laughs> She's so, like barely crying. Vanessa Ferlito is her name, right? I believe that is Vanessa Ferlito, yeah. It is Vanessa. She's so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, Vanessa Ferlito. Yeah, she's, she's a very attractive woman. She's great in this show, though. Mm-hmm. They really, looking back to season one, they cast this show really, really well. Perfect. Really, really well. Perfect. Um, So going back to what's going on. Um, he's talking to her, and she's like, what was the point? She's getting really out of herself. And this is really interesting. Jake's has always been kind of one to look out for people, mm-hmm. but he's never been one to be really sentimental with people. Right. So getting him have a scene where he really gets to be emotional with how much Charlie is to everyone in Graceland, how much it is to her, and he's like, you should be proud of yourself. And... She says, well, what do I get? I get nothing. There's a there's nobody in my room, referring to mm-hmm. how he has court where he thinks it's something serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned that earlier that Jake's really thinks there's something there. The chemistry and everything's on. And he says, like, look, like you're the best, you're the kindest, nicest person I've ever met in my life. And for Jake's, Jake's doesn't bullcrap around with that stuff. Like, for him to be serious for a moment about that, like, that's a big step for, Char- for him to say that to Charlie. Absolutely. So... He just says, you haven't found a car worth chasing. Yeah. And I like that he says this, and I like that we have this entire metaphor that's not, oh, plenty of other fish in the sea. Yeah. (laughs) We could have named this episode The Fish That Got Away. That would have just been so lame. (laughs) Fish in a net. I don't know. He helps her up, and she goes, and he's walking back in. He's like, yeah, it was just some drunk person. Didn't know where they are going. And Court's sitting there with money in her hands. And she has it piled up extremely nicely, much better than he tried to hide it. it looks like lo- she's already counted it. I know, right? <laughs> she is lawyer, and it looks like things are not easy. Things are not easy. Well, here's the problem. Every time someone's serious about someone outside the house, it starts falling apart because they don't keep the secrets too easy. It's not easy. It was easy. <laughs> it was easy. I mean, they got in bed pretty quick. Yeah. So that was easy. They're into each other. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't. I Aw, poor Courtney. Um, shout out to Danny Davila at Danielito Davila on Twitter. It says, first time viewer, your show is fantastic. Thank you. Oh, hey. Tune in next week for the finale. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I'm going to cry. So that's where we end the episode. All right. Let me tell you what Briggs is doing with this money. 
You go ahead. Or what I think Briggs is doing with this money. Would love to know. Okay, so basically, Briggs Dale tells Briggs that Briggs is probably going to need to get out of here. Basically, because everyone hates him at this point, and he's doing a lot of messed up stuff, so Mm -hmm. Dale's just kind of fed up. Everyone's fed up. And Briggs doesn't have his go bag anymore, of course, because they find that last season or two seasons ago with Odin and everything, and he already dug up his his go bag out of the wall at Graceland. So Dale is stealing the money to give to Briggs because no matter what Briggs does, he's still the sin eater in this case. So the only way, which is why I disagree with what they said in the chat, which is Briggs wanted to put her on somebody else. The only way that it won't be put on anyone else Mm -hmm. is if Briggs is thought to have done all this messed up stuff himself. Yeah. So if Briggs includes Mike on anything that gets a bunch of people killed, if he includes everyone in that, I mean, Johnny was kind of an exception, but Johnny, again, he was undercover with the Sotos. He wasn't really undercover to take down Martoon. So it's a different thing. They can separate it, and he's not telling Johnny. He's giving plausible deniability. He's giving everyone plausible deniability. So when he becomes the Sin Eater, nobody can be taken down when they're looking for a scapegoat when Briggs disappears. Right. Briggs is planning on faking his own death. So Dale gets the money, they pin it all on Briggs, and Briggs is going to fake his own death and disappear. Okay. But the problem with him disappearing and faking his own death is the FBI will need to pin it on somebody. So what he's been doing this entire season is trying to protect everyone in Graceland from being that person. Oh my god. This is crazy. Right? After the Smartoon storyline wrapped up tonight, I was like, well, where are we going next week with everything? Well, we now see we Logan. Know. We see Logan. We see mm-hmm. Briggs wanting to take everyone down. We see kind of what's going on. And the thing I have is what I kind of think, and I think this is predictions. We can go ahead and get into predictions. we got to wrap up in T-minus, like, negative two minutes. <laughs> I think when Briggs says that when they're leading the audience to believe that Briggs does everything for himself, I'm thinking that Briggs is going to get away. Mm -hmm. They're going to pin it all on Briggs. He's going to get away. He's going to fake his own death or do whatever he does to disappear. Nobody can find him. And everyone's in the clear at Graceland until one thing pops out. Um, I'm trying to figure out what it is, but... It might lead to Dale Jakes being put in jail at the end of Graceland. Everyone's scot-free, and Briggs thinks everything's cool, and then Dale Jakes goes to jail. And that's how we end season three. Okay. Is them arresting Dale Jakes for stealing money. So he gets caught up in the money. Okay. Oh, my God. Because... This Courtney finds the money at the end of this episode, and next week's the finale. Holy crap, it's already the finale. Right. So... For that storyline to go anywhere without it leading into the entire next season, if he gives away the money, she's the only one who can tie Dale to taking the money and helping Briggs escape. He's the only one who can really be tied to Briggs disappearing. Mm-hmm. So they're going to pin everything on Dale. So next season will be Briggs, Briggs coming back to try to figure it out, maybe. Okay. And there might be just a thing to get Dale out of prison. That's what I think. Wow. 
Let me see. Charlie looks super, super intense in the the uh, scenes for next week. So I don't have a finger on what's going to be going down with her. God, she was in like her SWAT gear. It's irking me because that's what stood out to me the most from next week's footage. Um, shout out in the chat. Marcel Sansalon says, I really feel like this series is going to end with Briggs dying but then not actually being dead, playing everybody but Mike since he knows Briggs better than anyone. <laughs> the house members just got caught on. And Briggs is actually going to be alive and well somewhere else, just sort of how White Collar ended. Spoiler alert. That's not really how White Collar ended, though, so don't oh. don't even talk about that. <laughs> uh, Graceland Family Reunion next episode, guys. Prepare. Robin Sanders says, um, I think that's our show. I'm going to say right now, I believe in Briggs to the end. Because the writers want us so much not to, yeah. I believe in Briggs to the end. Totally. I, I think, think everything Briggs is doing is self-serving, but I think every step of the way he's been trying to prevent setting everyone up. And the only thing that will get Briggs to actually act for and put himself in danger for somebody's self-interest is Dale Jakes going to jail for what he did. Becoming Aww. Jail Dakes. So he has to come back. Dale Jakes becomes Jail Dakes. Oh, God. Sorry, Brando no. J. You go to prison, and it would be interesting to see you meet up with Bello and Carlito in jail. Very interesting. Very interesting. We'll see. I, I really want him to get picked up for season four. Uh, I'm going to actually Google it right now just to make sure. Graceland renewed for season four? Question mark. I Googled it earlier. I didn't find a, uh, a definitive. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. As soon as you find out, <laughs> tweet at us. It doesn't say it yet. Current status, Graceland's 13 episode, third season. USC has yet to cancel or renew it. So, guys, now's about the time we start tweeting out. Hashtag Renew Graceland. Yeah. Start the campaign. Send out pictures. Tag Brandon. I know he'll retweet. Manny, uh, Sorinda Swan, Vanessa Ferlito. Aaron DeVate has Twitter now. Yeah, Go man. follow Aaron DeVate on Twitter. Uh, Daniel Sanjata, Jeff Easton, the creator. Jeff Easton will also retweet you. Super nice guy. Also, they're doing all these damn... They're also doing, like, these giveaways every week, so check those out uh, by following Jeff Easton and Brando Jay and all them. And my final thing for the night is... I really hated that the quiz question was about the, the damn Toyota. Toyota camera. I know. I made it even worse. Really hated that. <laughs> uh, where can we find you on Twitter, Megan? Okay, guys. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. It's all at Megan Stecker. M-E-G-A-N-S-T-E-C-H-E-R. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux. S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. Uh, shout out to Marigato says, yay! And we will see you guys next week for season three finale which is entitled, as I'm stalling because my internet's No Old Tigers. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.